Welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Leaps and Bounds. I'm your host, Tom Bash, and I'm thrilled to be bringing you conversations with some of the most successful CEOs, sales leaders, and home improvement professionals. When I started in this industry 20 years ago, tearing off roofs, I had no idea about what went into making a home improvement business successful. Now, having met with thousands of contractors, helping them adopt technology, and watching them grow, I'm excited to invite them on to share what's made them successful, what they're doing today to stay ahead of their competition, and the advice they have for others. Today I'm joined by Chuck Allen, General Manager at Rio Blanco Roofing. Chuck and I go way back to our days in Charlotte, North Carolina, where our paths in the industry first crossed. He in distribution and I as a young project manager. Though neither of us live in Charlotte or hold the same jobs, 10 years later, we're still in the same industry and get a chance to connect on what he's doing with one of the fastest growing brands in East Texas. Listen as we discuss the winding road that led Chuck to this position, the support he's received along the way, and the world-class team they're building. We'll also talk about their vibrant branding, what they do to differentiate, and what it took to build a dominant player in just two years. I'm excited to get started, so let's go. Hey Chuck, welcome to the show. Hey Tom, thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to be here, and I'm definitely looking forward to a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, love the uh, the blue and, and green in the background there. Those were actually my uh, my wedding colors. Hey, I blue guarantee your wedding had the best <laughs> colors on earth. That's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm pretty fun. loyal to my uh, to my Rio Blancos all the way down to my shoes. I got some custom Nikes that are the uh, the Rio Blanco colors. So we uh, <laughs> blue and green. My uh, my wife chose to like the Seattle Seahawks because of the colors, because of the like blue it. and the green. I'm not a Seahawks <laughs> fan, but they do have the best colors in the league. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, uh, you know, you and I, uh, hell, we met, gosh, was it 10 plus years ago? Back, uh, you know, I'm coming in, getting some supplies from you. Uh, we were in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, fast track here, you know, 10, 11, 12, however many years later. And uh, we're both in, in different positions doing different things. Um, but we're still, you know, in this roofing industry. And uh, so love for you to tell the folks how you got started. Um, you know, I think I even met you maybe partway through that journey of, of, you know, where you started to, to where you are today. So love it if you could give everybody um, a little insight into what that journey looked like. Yeah, definitely. It's been a windy road for sure. And it's been unpredictable, but every second of it's been amazing. Uh, basically, back in 1998, uh, I lived in Columbus, Ohio. It's my hometown, born and raised. You can see old Brutus right here. Um and I started working for what I thought was just going to be a part-time deal, maybe for a month or two in the summer with a roofing supply company over there. And uh, part-time has been the last 23 years and counting. Never got out of it after that. I was kind of hooked and the rest has been, uh, you know, amazing. Uh, for the first 12 years, I actually was a roof loader. I did, uh, you know, manual labor, all that good stuff. That's why I wake up in the morning and it takes me an hour and a half sometimes to get moving. But uh, yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that during my 20s and early 30s. Um, back in 2010 is uh, when the opportunity hit for me to go down to Charlotte, open up a branch of that company with a the guy there and, uh, you know, see what we could do. Uh, we were there for a couple of years and that's where you and I met. Uh, you were a client there for the whole time I was with uh, the company. And uh, it was always cool working with you. It's funny how everything comes full circle and we're here Absolutely. 10 plus years later. Um, but after I left there in 2012, I came down here to Texas. I hooked up with its uh, company in College Station and 
I was selling roofs residential for about six years or so. Um, back in January of 2019, it's amazing it's been two years already, I, uh, I made a call to our mutual friend, John Dye, uh, who at yep. the time was working with ASAP Roofing and Construction in their Indianapolis office. And uh, I asked John, hey, man, I'd like to be a part of your team. Can I, can I come down? And, uh, you know, John welcomed me with open arms and ASAP did as well. Um, I was in Indy maybe for six weeks or so. And uh, the owners came down and, and we had a nice little meeting and they kind of asked me about the potential of doing something different. So uh, I went back over to Texas and, and got with the office there for a couple of weeks. Um, and then I was presented with the opportunity of my lifetime, which was Rio Blanco Roofing. And basically what had happened is this company was in San Antonio. And basically the guy that, that had the company, you know, ran into some issues and things didn't quite pan out. So it was actually dead. The, the company Rio Blanco was on the shelf when we got it. Um, I walked into an empty building in mid-March of 19 and just started building it. And here we are in February of 21. We've now got three locations, San Antonio, Tyler, Texas, and I'm here in College Station in my office. Um, we're looking to add some more here in the next couple of years for sure and continue the growth and development. But uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell without all the crazy twists and turns how we got to where we are today. Yeah, that's great. Every story's got got some fascinating uh, twists and turns. What uh, what does Rio Blanco focus on? I mean, are you guys doing residential roofing, commercial roofing, both? What else? What all uh, um, are you guys specializing in? We, we definitely have um, branded the company in the exact replica of what ASAP Roofing and Construction is. Um, basically, you know, I tell our homeowners that we can handle anything. If you need us to come in and do interior work to, to you know, go along with your roofing project, we've got people. Um, we do a lot of residential right now, kind of getting our way into commercial. Uh, obviously, that's a tough market to get into sometimes when you're new and you're trying to get established in a market. But uh, I feel really good about where we're going. The guys over at ASAP have invested a ton into this company and they give me everything I need to make it successful. So as we continue to go, we're looking to maybe get into commercial a lot more, but uh, we're focused on residential right now as a small, I guess you technically call it a startup since it was basically dead. Um, and you know that's how you kind of get the, the foundation under you. And now we're gonna start building upward. We've kind of gone this way. Now it's time to go up and uh, see how far we can reach. I'm shooting for the moon. There, there you go. Uh, um, I got to ask you, you know, you mentioned uh, it's kind of like starting from scratch, this business, right? Um, did you get the benefit or, or are, you, are you able to leverage? Was there any history or reputation to this company? I mean, did folks know who they were? Did you change the branding? Is it Was it a whole new endeavor or you, did you pick this company because it had some semblance of a, of a brand um, or were you just essentially starting from scratch? Well, there was a little bit of branding. Uh, it was a very small company, basically a one-man show. I think he might have had a sales rep at one point. Uh, but one thing that they really did was they did outstanding work and they took care of their clients. Uh, so when we bought the company, we did buy the five-star rating that came with it. Uh, it was on a much smaller scale at that time. And we've continued to just, you know, fill, fill that up with five-star reviews and happy clients. But that was definitely something that we looked into. Um, you wouldn't want to take over something that had a terrible reputation. So 
obviously that the branding was, you know, there was some awareness. It was never a huge deal, but uh, they'd been around for a few years and had, had done some things for people. And, you know, that was just one of the added bonuses of, of getting on with Rio is that there was a little bit of a history there that I was able to kind of use to, to kickstart and get things moving in the right direction for us. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that the benefit of, um, you know, uh, acquiring a, a small local company as opposed to, you know, going and, and starting a brand new business? I mean, what's, what's the difference if somebody's looking to start a new business or expand? I mean, are they, is it better for them to, you know, go downtown and file and, and you know, start a business? Um, or is it better for them to look at possibly acquiring a company that maybe has a few years or, or multiple years uh, uh, in business where there is some kind of uh, history to it? You know, we've, we've done both. When I was in Charlotte, we literally opened that thing from scratch. It was an empty building. Um, there was a lot more physical work that went into that office and that, that opportunity for me. Um, it's definitely easier. And it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's definitely easier if you have a little bit of a foundation to start with. Um, the opportunity kind of fell into our laps and it was something that's probably once in a lifetime for someone like me. Um, but if that opportunity is there and if you know someone that's, you know, maybe looking to get out of the business, it's something they've taken great pride in and maybe they just, you know, don't want to do it anymore for whatever reason. But this has been great because we were able to leverage that five years of history that they had prior to us um, yeah. and just continue to build off that. Uh, when we were in Charlotte, it was tough. I mean, that was 100 plus hour work weeks. You know, I don't even remember two years of my life, honestly, because of all the hard work. Yeah. Um, so I think if you can get a foundation, obviously that's that's probably the best way to go. Yeah, as opposed to starting starting new. So you know, you you, you get there, you you've got uh, you know, you, you acquire this this small company, but but you completely uh, I don't want to say blow it up, but you completely change things, right? I mean, you have to put in new processes, systems. You got to hire a team. Uh, you're basically building this company from the ground up. So what what kind of things did that involve? And, and I'd love to know, you know, from obviously brands really big for you guys. So I'd love to know a little bit more about that, how you go about, you know, building a team. You've got multiple offices now, so you've had to hire folks um, into roles there. I mean, walk me through that process. Yeah. And I'm going to start this off by saying I've been extremely blessed in the fact that our parent company is ASAP Roofing over in Tyler. Uh, they've got locations going up all over the country and have really done an amazing job of just rapidly expanding. Um, that was zero to 20 million in four years. So I've got that backing and that is a huge thing, obviously, to have. I, I certainly wouldn't be as far along without it. Um, but basically what I did is I walked into that office and I looked around and said, OK, I just need to duplicate this exact system. And there's no reason why we aren't going to get the exact same results. So. We've literally taken their blueprint and applied it to what I'm doing at Rio. Um, I have all the support in the world and all the resources as well. Um, inside our company, we've got a social media branding consultant, K-Socialized Media. So that's why you guys see a lot of our Facebook stuff and, and we're just out there because we literally have a division that focuses on that and also works with other companies across the country to help with their branding. So. That's a pretty cool thing to have. And uh, that's been huge for us because name recognition from what it was to what it is today has, you know, multiplied by a million. Um, but being able to have that backing and know that a company that's been successful, that has the processes and systems in place is right there for you. And they literally give us anything that we need. 
Um, we just got done building out this office. I'm still working on it. Um, and as soon as we finish this, we're going to our new Rio Blanco office over in East Texas. And we're going to build that out too, to make it somewhere that people want to be, somewhere that's exciting to come to. Um, the culture that we have has been really the biggest thing. And it's, it's one of those deals where we really focus on we don't have to go to work. We get to go to work on a daily basis. And I've never seen anything like this because we've got, uh, you know, probably upwards of a hundred people in the entire corporation. And you'll put us in a conference room where we're, you know, doing trainings or something like that. And you realize that all 100 people are actually going in the same direction, with the same vision, are looking out for each other. And that everybody genuinely wants to be successful and wants to bring everybody on the team along with us. Um, and that's not something that you see in a lot of roofing companies. Uh, there's a lot of competition. A lot of sales guys are, you know, trying to undercut some of the other people because it's all personal. Um, my sales guys are, are helping the new guys come in, giving them leads, giving them help with, with getting deals. Um, everybody is genuinely part of a team and a family. And I think that's really accelerated our growth as well is just bringing in awesome people that are on board with what we're doing and are a hundred percent committed to their success. And, uh, you know, so far, like I said, we've tripled three offices in 18 months. There's no reason for me not to think that 25 at least are on the horizon. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a national company before it's all said and done as well as ASAP. And that's just a pretty, pretty cool thing to be a part of because, it literally started with ASAP being in a storage unit with brother, sister, and husband. And, you know, it doesn't get more family owned than this and it doesn't get more intimate. So that's, that's really been the best part about this whole journey so far. And it's what I look forward to the most every day is just being around the group I get to be around. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a uh, culture and, and uh, you know, who you work with is, is so important. How do you, how do you go about uh, instilling that culture? Uh, you know, you mentioned if, if you go up, up a layer, right, you've got, you know, about 100 people corporate wise. Um, but how do you instill culture in a, in a small team that's got multiple offices, right? And I imagine everybody kind of works together and, and helps each other. So how do you how do you keep that culture uh, strong as you're looking to grow and expand? Well, first off, I am very hands on with everybody on the team. I try to spend time in all of the offices as much as humanly possible. Um but I put the right people in place too. My, my branch managers that I brought on are all just outstanding industry leaders, um, guys that, that know what we're doing and understand it. And then once that culture rubs off on one person, it becomes contagious. And that's really been our thing. Uh, we hired an office manager earlier this week. And I'm so proud that we're at that point because that's going to start to be where we separate ourselves. And, and Rio Blanco is going to be more you know, rather than having the crutch of ASAP, we're going to kind of be a standalone organization. Um, but the, the, the office manager, her name was Joy. And I sent the text out, you know, normally the world, you know, we bring joy to the world, but the world just brought joy to us. And every single person yeah. on that, that group text was like, welcome, Joy. We're so happy to have you. You know, you're going to be awesome. Welcome to our family. And literally, you know, every single person is marching to that same drum and we're all going that way. And uh, for me, that's the best possible scenario. I've been in other issues in other situations where it hasn't always been that way. Um, I like this a heck of a lot better than some of the other things that I've seen in my career, for sure. 
Yeah. How how do you you know what, what do you look for when you're when you're hiring someone new? I and mean, what's what's some of the most important things? I imagine you know, you're hiring for a good fit, somebody that's going to fit the culture. But what are some of the other things you look for? I mean, are you looking for folks that have experience in the industry? I know there's people on both sides of this issue who are like they want somebody who's done it, and you know they can basically unleash and send them out there. And then other folks are like, no, I want somebody who has zero experience, and we want to train them our way. Um, and then I know some other large companies that are like, hey, we look for this profile. You know, we like a somebody who was a high school or collegiate athlete because they have, you know, motivation and they're determined and, you know, they, they know how to lead and different things like that. What do you what do you look for when you when you're hiring someone new? That's an awesome question. And I'll be honest, um, when I started, I, I was looking for people that had zero experience because when you're starting the, the deal, the, the last thing you need is bad or you know, habits from somewhere else that, that may not fit your culture or what we're looking to do with our core values. So the first guy I hired had zero experience. Um, we started over in San Antonio and it was so early on that I didn't even have an office yet. I mean, I had the building, but it was totally empty. Uh, myself and the cricket were basically, you know, we were the team at that point. And uh, I brought this guy on board and he showed up and half an hour early wearing a suit I knew right then, okay, this is a guy who's going to be serious about what he's doing. And he's got that image that he wants to uphold. Um, so that was the first guy. And it's like, okay, I'm going to spend six months training you to be the absolute best. And we did that. I spent six months working directly. I brought a couple people in as we were progressing. And his leadership started to really come to the forefront. He started taking the initiative to training people bringing the sales staff up, you know, building the company's awareness of everything and, you know, keeping our name out there. Uh, so when the time came to promote to the branch manager for the first guy, it was a, a no brainer. And uh, Jeremy Sanchez is over in my office in San Antonio. He's doing a great job. Um, the next guy I brought in is a, a guy that had some experience, but not in roofing. Uh, he was more of a tradesman. And, you know, we, we developed him, put him in this office in College Station as a leader. Um, the other guy in, in my office in Tyler had no experience in roofing. He was uh, selling suits, you know, and, and guys that, that can hang in there and sell suits to people are going to be pretty good with what we do because there are a lot of picky customers when you're paying thousands of dollars for clothing. Um, and it's the same deal with what we're doing. So. I started off with that base. And since then, I've added kind of an even mix of people with experience and without. Um, I figured once we got that core, you know, down and we had the, the people in place to lead, now we can we can bring in some people and we can mold them into our systems and teach them what we're doing, put them on our training platforms and, uh, you know, get rid of any bad habits that may be. But so far, we've been very lucky and we haven't had too many people that have come in with bad habits. Uh, those that have have, you know, not lasted because you just can't have that with a, a culture type based company. Yeah, Chuck, I, you know, I get asked sometimes when I, I talk to folks that are selling uh, in a retail environment, right, where the homeowner is taking out a checkbook and writing, you know, fourteen, fifteen thousand dollar check for their roof. And then other folks that, that and I imagine you're, you're doing a lot of insurance restoration work um, in Texas. You know, what's the what's the difference in selling uh, styles where you have somebody who's, you know, solely focused on, on the retail where there is no um, insurance restoration, the insurance company isn't cutting a check and they, you know, 
is there a difference in selling, you know, or is it different to sell that $15,000 roof that the homeowner is paying for versus the, the homeowner's got a, you know, $500,000, $1,500 deductible and the insurance is paying the rest. Is there a difference there from, you know, what a sales rep does? I think for sure there are. And I think what happens with insurance is we're so good with the way that we train our teams. Uh, we've got a light speed BT training platform that we've developed in-house, which basically walks a, a new person through you know, every step of every process and insurance restoration, you know, I, I say this to my guys all the time and I don't mean it as an insult because I've sold millions of dollars of restoration myself. It doesn't require as much skill as retail. Um, if you can go in and you can teach a homeowner, you know, hey, this is why you want to do it this way. Okay, great. Where do we sign? With a retail deal, the, the checks are going to be a lot bigger. So you're going to have to bring more value for sure. Um, that's what we always really focus on with our team is I'm never going to be the guy that you're going to get for the cheapest price. I have no desire to be that. Uh, our company is premium. We hire premium people. We do premium projects and, you know, premium costs. So uh, what I would do with my guys, especially when they first got started with me, is I would go out and do sales calls and have them ride with me. And I would just basically say, hey, watch this. And. I'd go in and, and present everything. And I think once your guys see that, hey, you know, that homeowner just said you were $2,500 higher than everybody, but he went with us. And, you know, why? Why was that? And I say, well, we provided value. Anybody can provide a low price. I'm not racing to get to the bottom. Uh, we've got enough of those in our industry for sure. So why not just focus on the top and the people that are willing to pay good money for great work? that are going to know that your company is going to be around to help you, you know, if you ever have a problem, heaven forbid, you're going to be able to get a hold of us and you're going to know where we're at and who we are. And to me, that's the most valuable thing. Um, re insurance restoration is fine. I don't have an issue doing it. It's been a huge part of my career, but I'm very jealous of some of my friends who live in retail only markets because that's where the fun is. I think, I mean, I love a challenge. I love being the most expensive or I love being someone that has to compare and explain to a homeowner why my company is the best choice. Um, so yeah, if that answers your question, then I, I prefer retail, but there's definitely a different, uh, a different set of skills that go with both of those. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and you know, you make, you make a good point, right? In, in your market. And, and I don't know specifics about your market, but there are a lot of contractors. I think I was in an event, uh, in Dallas, three, four years ago. And they told me there in Dallas, they had like 4,500 roofing contractors. And, uh, so, you know, you're, you're having to really sell yourself and the company and the value, or at least the perceived value that you're bringing to that customer. Um, how do you differentiate yourself from everybody else in, in the market? Well, like I said, we are extremely well prepared. Uh, my guys have the absolute best training in the industry, hands down. Uh, we've got some really high-level consultants that work with our company that come in and really teach our guys the, the right way to go about doing it. Uh, one thing I've always been extremely proud of, and some people don't buy this, but it's the absolute truth. I've been in the Texas market since 2012. I've never absorbed a deductible ever, and I, I have no intentions on ever doing it. Um, I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, there's so many companies that are doing it that you have to to be competitive. I'm telling you that that's not true. If you go out and you do things the right way, um, it, it's actually not that hard. 
Uh, we've talked to a lot of customers who were getting ready to go one way and, and commit fraud and, you know, cheapen their product and diminish the value of their property. And once you explain it to them in terms that makes sense, you know, homeowners are, are usually pretty smart and they understand. So it's been crazy. Um, but again, if you position yourself at the top and you, you just go in and say, hey, look, we're the absolute best. This is why you want to work with our company. We're going to provide this. We've got national recognition. You know, we've got offices all over the country. We're five-star rated, you know, we're guaranteed. And, you know, it's it's not that hard to overcome it if you've got the training. And that's really what our industry is lacking is, is a lot of companies just throw people out there to the wolves and say, hey, go make it happen and, you know, come back with deals. And, you know, a lot of people don't succeed because they just don't know how to go about doing it properly. And that's really what separates Rio Blanco, ASAP, all of our companies is that, you know, we invest a ton into our people, into the training. I think they were saying the other day, the average is about 30,000 bucks when everybody's, you know, trained up through all of our platforms. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a major investment. And with that, you're going to, you're going to get the high quality people because you're going to develop them into high quality. Um, and a lot of the guys that are in the industry that just want to come by for a paycheck, they, they come and, you know, they, they fall off pretty quick. Um, this is definitely a company where you have to be positive. You've got to have that right mindset and you've got to have that vision. And if you don't, I mean, you get run over. It's like a train. The momentum is going so fast that if you can't get out of your way, you know, you're going to end up getting knocked off and, and having to go do something else because we're going to keep the best of the best. And, you know, if you've got someone that's causing issues, you, you have to get rid of them immediately so that it doesn't affect everyone else. Um, but yeah, that's it. We're, we're the absolute best. There's your answer. I like the confidence. That's great. <laughs> and, you know, I, I joked uh, early on about the, you know, the blue and the green colors. And uh, I don't know if, I, if joking is the right term, but, uh, you know, I mentioned them early, earlier on. Um, was, that, uh, was that something that uh, you brought to Rio Blanco or, or were the colors already blue and green? Because I'm, I'm curious because it really stands out. You know, when, when I see uh, the stuff on social media, uh, you, you've got really good branding. Uh, the colors pop, you know, if I see it, I can, without even seeing a message or anything about it, I'm like, oh, I know that's Chuck. You know, I know, I know that's one of his posts. So I imagine for folks that are local to, to your offices, they feel the same way and they recognize those, those colors. I mean, what, what went into branding, uh, this business? Well, I'll give a, a ton of credit to a really good friend of mine, Kevin Burrell over in Georgia. Uh, I've known Kevin for many years and his his whole brand is based around hot pink. Uh, Kevin's watching their raspberry pink, which is you know uh, <laughs> their their shirts. And I was at Win the Storm in Miami, probably I guess three or four years ago. It's been now. Walked yeah. into that room and instantly in that entire crowd, I was like, oh hey, there's Kevin and his guys on the other side of the room. So I took that in, into my mind and I thought, okay, this is uh, this is something that needs to be done because like Grant Cardone says, you know, best known is always going to beat best. Um, if you're best and best known, you're going to be really hard to beat. And I feel like that's where we are now. Um, but the branding, it, it's been completely redone. The, the basic logo was there, but it was kind of dull and flat. And I got the idea, man, let's just blind people with this green and this blue and like really just go out there and, you know, catch, catch everybody's eye. 
Uh, and I knew it was working when I got my truck wrapped and I walked into a gated community and the guard shack guy says, oh, hey, Chuck, I knew you were coming today because I saw you three miles down the road. Oh, funny. Yeah. And it's like, hey, man, that's the greatest compliment ever. Um, but yeah, we've done the branding. It's been an amazing process. I give all the credit again to K-Socialized Media, Leanne Koppel. Um, she has done an amazing job with our social media, with getting our brand out there to people. Uh, we do all kinds of cool videos and stuff like that over at their studio and Tyler. And, you know, not too many roofing companies have film crews and editing teams and studios and, and all that stuff. Uh, we're extremely lucky because we've got that here. And it's just an added benefit that my company gets is that I get to be a part of that family. And, you know, we get to go up there and utilize that stuff anytime we want, which is just tremendous. And that's that's where our branding's coming from. You know, it's being professionally done and it's well thought out. Um, if it was just me doing it, I'd still throw everything out there to the world to see and everybody would still see it. But it certainly wouldn't be as high quality as what we're doing right now. Yeah, you know, that that's true. And, and you do put out a ton of content, which is great. That's the name of the game, right? Content. Um, but you do post a lot. And I'm curious, like, what is your, uh, you know, when you're, when you're posting, I, it looks like what you're posting is a lot of stuff geared towards your customers, whether it be homeowners or business owners, uh, which is great and educating them about, you know, what you're doing. Uh, but what else goes into, uh, you know, your thought process when you're, um, you know, looking to, to make posts? Is, is it strictly so that you're building that brand recognition for, for potential customers? Uh, or do you have other uh, initiatives behind it? But definitely there's a long-term strategy to it. Um, branding your company is something that's, you know, it just takes time. You have to be out there and you have to do repetition. Um, we, we definitely have a very well thought out strategy. And basically what, what we're doing is we're branding it through social media. And the number one rule is just to be, be human, show people that you are what you are. Um, in the past week, I think we put up posts of our pet monkey that we have now in the company, uh, we put up pictures of us doing, you know, commercial roof inspections and everything basically in between. Um, we'll post some some funny stuff, some goofy, lighthearted stuff. Um, most of my posts are not about, you know, hey, check out this sweet roof we just did, you know, with a picture of a roof. It'll be, you know, hey, our team is out here today and, and we're enjoying each other's company. We're having a great time. Um, the truth is we don't really focus a lot on what's going on on the roof until, you know, after the fact, we might do a couple of drone photos or something to, you know, get a gallery. But ours is, is about being a human being and being someone that can be relatable to the people. Um, we do a ton of gift giveaways and things like that through our social media platforms. Um, you'd be amazed at the, uh, the, the amount of, of interactions you can get. I think one of the ASAP videos, they did an hour long game show and had over 40,000 uh, interactions in that one hour. And that's out of a roofing company in Tyler, Texas, that's never done any major branding, you know, conventional. They've never done billboards or TV or radio. It's all been organic. And when you can start getting 40,000 people interacting on your page in an hour, yikes, you know, that's that's pretty crazy. So. Uh, it's very well calculated. It's thought out and it's been absolutely amazing how effective it's been. And literally, you know, Leanne was able to launch her own company and she's doing social media branding for roofing contractors all over the United States now. So 
it's it's been pretty awesome to watch and be a part of and see you know on the inside how that stuff develops and what the thought process is that goes into it um it was definitely not what i was doing prior to getting with the company that's for sure yeah no yeah that's uh it's definitely helpful to have that um we've only got you know a few more minutes here so uh wanted to ask you uh maybe just a couple more things um you know what do you see i, I know you mentioned uh, from your perspective, you know, you guys are looking to grow the business and open multiple offices, but if you can step back from a holistic view of the industry, you know, what do you think's coming in the next two years, five years, 10 years? How do you think it's, it's changing? It's been really, you know, everything that we're dealing with right now in the world. And we've been dealing with for the last nine, 10 months, whatever it's been has changed the way that business is being done. Um, We've done a lot of virtual consultations with homeowners, stuff like what we're doing on Zoom right now. Um, a lot of video inspections where, you know, you never even talk to the people face to face. You sometimes don't even meet your clients, you know, and you just tell them, hey, I hope at some point we can meet, but everything's taken care of. Um, I think a lot of companies that had an old school mentality are probably going to suffer a little bit. Um, the guys that haven't adapted to the new methods of getting your name out there or communicating with your customers. Um, I hate that, but, you know, unfortunately, as, as things evolve, that's kind of what happens. Uh, if it weren't for that, you know, we'd look out our window and see pterodactyls outside. So as we continue to move, things continue to evolve. Um, I think that a lot of companies are maybe going to be in trouble if they don't get on board with it pretty quickly. Um, as far as ours is concerned, I think what we've done was actually a year or two in advance so that we were actually probably as, as well prepared as you could be for, you know, nobody ever plans for a pandemic that's going to shut down the world and, and, you know, ruin the economy. But I guess we were as prepared as you could possibly be for that. And because of that, we had our best year last year. We developed two new offices. Uh, I think ASAP opened four or five. We've already done two more this year with them. So you know, if you focus on doing it and you're doing right and, and you just keep your head down and work, you know, the winners are going to win. That's just the way it is. And I think our industry is going to see a shift a lot more uh, of those mom and pop small time guys are probably going to get washed out, which I absolutely hate. But, you know, it, it kind of is what it is, unfortunately. Yeah, I always I always cringe when, you know, I'm. Um... You know, I've been in technology the last four and a half or so years in, in this in this space. And, uh, you know, I always cringe a little bit when I hear like, well, you know, we've built this company the way we're doing it. So we're just going to continue doing what we're doing. Right. And, uh, you know, you can see some of the writing on the wall relative to technology and the advancements that have taken place over you know just the last three to five years, let alone if you look back, you know, 10 to 12 years. Um, and it's only going to continue to escalate. And like you said, if if you're not adopting and using technology, you're, 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 you have a good chance of getting left behind. Do you, yeah, do you, it sucks, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Do you, do you see a, uh, a regression back to, you know, folks, maybe not regression is the right word, but do you see folks going back to uh, the way it was where it's, you know, in-person uh, meetings, or do you think there's more uh, um, like virtual appointments? I, I've talked to some companies that say, Hey, you know, we're only doing like 2%, um, you know, virtual over the computer and, and others say, Hey, we started using it, but, uh, you know, there wasn't as much demand for it, but now we use it on BBACs or, you know, we don't have to go back out to that home for a second time because we just do everything, you know, remotely. Um, what do you see as far as that? Do you see it going back to the way it was, or do you see a, a hybrid where there's in-person and remote? 
I think it's going to ultimately be a, a mix. I sure would love to get back to where we can just sit down at the kitchen table with Mr. and Mrs. Jones and say, hey, look, here's what we offer and, and here's what we bring to the table. I think there's more of a commodity type mindset with the video stuff because you don't really get the opportunity to, you know, present your emotion and, you know, buyers buy with emotion and then they justify it with, you know, with fact. And for me, I'm a, I'm an emotion based seller. Uh, I get out there and I get all excited and I'm sweating and telling people how great our company <laughs> is and how much I love helping people. And yeah. there's, there's something to that. It's magic, you know, shaking someone's hand in person is great. Um, but there's going to be people also that realize, man, I don't like dealing with people like that. So if I can get someone just to do it over the email, you know, Hey, great. No human contact. So we're going to cater to both of those markets and we're going to make sure we've got everything covered. Um, I hope that we get back to where we can just go out and do things like we've been doing for the, you know, the last 50 years or, you know, however long and, you know, just for the betterment of our country and the world, I want to see that. Uh, but I, I think there's going to be an opportunity for people to do things like what we're doing here and, and make a lot of sales virtually moving forward. Yeah. I also, you know, part of me wonders, like, does that open up, um, you know, your ability to uh, sell at a further reach? You know, do, do you necessarily need to have somebody, you know, three, four hours away, um, a, a sales rep when you could sell, you know, uh, remotely and then, you know, sell? a crew or, or have crews in different markets, but maybe you're centralized in, in one location. So I, I'm going to be interested to see, you know, as we go, like, how do people leverage the technology that's out there to kind of do something different? Exactly. And to be honest with you, Tom, I sold a roof to a guy that lives in Hawaii this morning. Um, I've sold three or four roofs for him. Their rental property is here in town and I've never seen the guy. I offered to take a you know, hey, let me come do an in-home presentation. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but we, yeah. I've been doing that for a long time, really, for many years, trying to, you know, through the avenues of selling to property owners who may not live in that town or even that state. Um, there's a skill that's involved to that. But I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars in business, I would say, over the years with people that I've never even seen before. So yeah, if you can adapt to that and make it happen, it's a great opportunity. Um, not everybody's willing or able to do that so that's a market that i like to tap into and, and kind of you know groom and nurture and, and let it grow for me yeah i could see i could see it growing uh uh here in the coming years um we're going to wrap this up so just one more uh question for you and it's more of of you know advice you can give to to the folks that are listening but you know over your 22 23 year time in this in this industry what's been you know maybe the most or, or, you know, top three type lessons that you've learned that have, that have better prepared you to take on, you know, what you're doing today. Uh, you know, what have you learned over that time? Boy, I've learned a lot, you know, starting from the very bottom as a guy that was hand delivering materials to job sites via ground drop to, you know, now the general manager of a, a multifaceted business. Um, some of the things I've learned is never judge a book by its cover. Um, you're going to find people that you look at sometimes and say, man, I don't know, is this guy going to be a good customer? Is he going to want to, you know, fork out the money? Never judge a book by its cover because some of my best clients have been people that many would look at and say, you know, I, I don't even have time to, to mess with this guy. Um, the second thing is always be adaptable and always be willing to take risk. Um, if it weren't for my ability to, you know, just say, 
great, let's go to North Carolina. Great, let's just move to Texas without knowing anybody in either place. And, you know, oh, you want me to open a place in San Antonio? Yeah, I drove through there one time. So sure, let's go do that. <laughs> um, being able to adapt to your situation and being able to, you know, take those risks or being willing has been the most rewarding thing for me. And then uh, something that took me a few years to learn is you've got to have mentors. You've got to have people that know how to get where you want to go um, because it accelerates that so much. You know, it's, it's so much easier to get advice from someone who's done, you know, what you want to do than listening to a bunch of people that have no idea, but, but all the ideas in the world to tell you how to do it. So always get a good mentor, coach, uh, always be flexible and, and willing to learn and adapt. And, you know, everything else pretty much falls into place from what I've seen. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey, I really appreciate Chuck. We'll wrap this up. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we'll, uh, we'll certainly tag you in these, uh, uh, posts if people can go follow you and, and see everything that I get to see, uh, across yeah. social media with all the branding and the messaging. And I think other contractors can probably get some good ideas for the amount of content that you're putting out there and, and what you're looking to instill with the audience. But, uh, I wanted to say thank you. Thanks for coming on and uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Let's do this again, Tom, but let's not wait 10 plus years next time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I hear you. All right. Well, appreciate it, Chuck. Thanks. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, that'll do it for today's show. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode of Leaps and Bounds. If you did, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast. We look forward to bringing you more exclusive conversations with some of the most successful home improvement leaders. If you're interested in learning more about Leap, be sure to check us out at leaptodigital.com or follow us on our social channels. Until next time, see you.